Welcome to Backstage 421, the musicians-only podcast with your host, author, and music lover, Charles Campbell. Charles will have an awesome array of guests from many genres of music, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. By the way, Ray Mattis is the composer of this awesome intro music. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Backstage 421, the podcast. And I have a very special guest today. Uh, she is the very first official guest on Backstage 421, the musicians only podcast. Uh, she is a vocalist, a keyboard player, and a songwriter for an awesome New Zealand group called French for Rabbits. And welcome, Brooke Singer. Welcome to the podcast. Kia ora. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very honored to be your first guest. Well, I'm honored to have you. Now, before we even get started, I thought the name French for Rabbits was a very unique name. Uh, can you tell me how you came up with that name? Um, where, where did, where did, what's the origin of French for Rabbits? Where did that name come from? Um, well, it's got kind of murky background. Not murky as in um, disconcerting. More, um, I, I can't quite remember how it came about except that I didn't used to sing. And I used it as like a password on some music to share with a couple of people that I knew because um, I was really shy about it. So I just sent it to them with this password. Um, and yeah, and then one of them, I think, maybe shared it with someone else and then it sort of just stuck. So it stuck. But, you know, when you make a password, you don't really normally think too hard about what it means. So right. um, it wasn't like a band name where I was like, oh, what am I going to call the band? It was more like, these are some words that will <laughs> suffice as a password. Um, well, they yeah. stick out and they make you remember for sure. Uh, because Yeah. And it's sort of taken on a life of its own in a way. Like I think it's, I imagine it as being like, I like that it's a little bit, um, vague or it could be interpreted in a different way so it could be like a Beatrix Potter book right yeah Peter learns how to read French and it's a little book called French for Rabbits or it might just be a very strange way of saying Lapin which is the French word for rabbits you know so um yeah it's got a nice um, mystery to it in its way. It does have a nice mystery because it, it really um, intrigued me. So I was like, well, where did that name come from? That's an interesting name. And I'm an author. Um, so okay. when you said, when you said maybe there's a book called French for Rabbits, I mean, yeah. yeah, that could be a good book title. So that's awesome. That is amazing. Um, so before we get into like the songwriting questions and, and um, you know, the French for Rabbit stuff, tell me a little bit about your musical background. What drew you to music? Who were some of your influences? Because I find your songwriting ability uh, really, really superior. When, when I sit down and break down the lyrics of some of these songs, uh, they're, they're amazing. So I'd like to know some of your influences and, and who influenced you coming up as an artist. Oh, wow. Um I guess I started playing the piano when I was quite small. Um, we had one in the house and it's quite a cool piano. It's this old wooden one and it's still at my dad's house. And if you opened, if you had the lid closed, the, the knots in the wood 
sort of looked like a witch's face, which I found oh. quite And so I would always have the lid up and some music or something sitting on it so I didn't have to see the witch's face. Um, but I used to love playing the piano and I wrote my first song when I was like five about my cat Monty who died um, and it was a very sad, you know, it was the first big sad moment for me in my life, I guess. So I wrote this song about my, my cat Monty, um, which only had two lines, one which repeated three times. Um, so it was a very simple song. But anyway, we had a big record collection growing up. So um, it was like Pat Benatar and um, ZZ Top, my dad's big ZZ Top fan, um, the Beach Boys. Um, I think sounds like, my, sounds like my childhood. I grew up in the 80s. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I had lots. I loved Pat Benatar and I loved um, I loved the Beach Boys and I always loved harmonies ever since then. So, um, but I, I've always been drawn to female songwriters and vocalists. Um, so I think that's sort of, even now, if I look at my collection of what I listen to the most, it's predominantly women artists. Um, yeah, I don't know why that is, but I also love like a, I, in high school, I had discovered The Cure, and I love The Cure. Oh, um, yeah. And I also discovered The Kinks, and I love I love them. Um, yeah. But predominantly, yeah, I loved mostly, like, at the moment, I love Madison Cunningham. Um, okay. Just a great lyricist. Leonard Cohen, you know, good lyricists, I, I like, and good oh, oh. melody writers. That's awesome because I'm I'm drawn to lyrics. That's what I like to um, hear. And I wrote a note here for myself. I said the lyrics drive the car, not the hook. Um, and that's what I like about your music. I, I've gone back and I've I went to iTunes and I'm I'm an old guy, so I actually downloaded the stuff. I didn't stream it on Spotify, so I bought the bought the music <laughs> and I'm I'm listening to it and I'm thinking these freaking lyrics are amazing. Um, and one song, and, and I, I jump all over the place, so bear with me, but one song that really stuck out with me out of what I've listened to so far, and it's it's a song I think Mark co-wrote with you. It's called The Outsider. I love that song, and I love the video that goes with it um, and the the, the, the lyrics. Uh, like I've, I took a couple of notes um, for that song. Like some of the lyrics that struck me like right over my head, say what they want, not what I feel. That's that that really hit me right here. Um, I'd like to know, you know, specifically for that song, how did you come up with that concept and what came into creating such a great lyric driven song? Uh, and for the folks out there who haven't heard it, go find The Outsider by French for Rabbits. Um, it is a great song. It's 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 at the top of my list of of recent songs that I've put in the rotation, uh, but the lyrics really grabbed me. So I'll be quiet and let you respond to that. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm gl really glad you like that one. I, it's one of my favorites and it was really fun to write. So I recently started exploring co-writing with other people. And um, the day we wrote that song was the first time I met Mark and Brooke, who was another Brooke um, from Florida. Um, but yeah, I just arrived in LA and so I was sort of felt like a country girl who'd gone to the big, you know, the big city. And <laughs> oh, believe me, I'm from the deep south in the United States and I've been to LA a couple of times to see gin shows and I feel the same way. I'm a fish out of water, but continue. Yeah, 
yeah totally so you know like I guess I was really pushing myself out of my introverted kind of space that I'm normally in um and so yeah I was just talking about how I was finding it coming to LA and trying to be social and um fit in I guess and yeah we just sort of were talking about our experiences going to parties as an introvert and you know you're the one in the corner patting the cat um right that kind of thing um yeah so I guess it is just a song about being it's called the outsider you know so it really yeah. it explores that that feeling what it is to be that person and to be an introvert in a extroverted world yeah, extroverted world yeah well Mark sent me his playlist last year he was on my other podcast um and I got to that song and I listened to it and then I listened to it again then I listened to it again and I was like wow this is amazing so it really struck a chord with me not that I'm an introvert necessarily but you know just the message in the song um really you know it really got to me so it's one that stuck with me and is going to continue to stick with me so great job great okay. job <laughs> you guys were amazing together for sure um and there are several songs that really stuck out when I sat down and listened to them. I'd like to know, uh, you're, I'm a writer, uh, a fiction writer, and I ask this of authors and I ask this of songwriters. What is your process? You're a lyricist, so what is your process to get into that mindset uh, to write a song? Uh, is it something you, you feel or does music come first and then lyrics? I'm interested in your process on, on how you develop uh, um, lyrics. Yeah, I mean, I've been writing songs for a long time now, and it's never, I don't stick to one process because I feel like um, when I write in a different way, it brings out something new. So I like to to push myself outside of my comfort zone as a writer. Um, traditionally, though, I think I, I tend to write lyrics and I write all together. So I sit at the piano, I'll play around and find some chords and write lyrics kind of together um but sometimes for example if i'm co-writing with someone else i think of it more like a um a jigsaw or a crossword puzzle where you kind of get this initial spark of an idea and it's really exciting and then you follow your nose a bit but also you're trying to find how all these different parts fit together um right in the most like vivid way um and sometimes it takes a while to kind of get a piece that's in the far left corner and one in the far right corner and get you know get them in the right places so um yeah I to think connect that, the dots yeah sometimes it's like a puzzle or like some kind of yeah mystery you're trying to solve um which i enjoy so th there are different ways because some songs yeah just come from the heart or from some wherever place the muse hits you from and you just write a song and other times it's more of a yeah you're trying to best explain a, a feeling that you have which the reason I love songwriting as opposed to just writing writing is for me I think the melodies and instruments and stuff um they help explain something that can't that i find difficult to express with just words alone so right that, that that's why i like to write things in one go because i feel like the rhythm and everything helps tell that story um yeah well you you're very good at it so you know the thing i, I always like to know is that the chicken of the eggs the music of the lyrics and uh i guess something it just depends right um 
like if you're laying down music, maybe you think of something, oh, okay, and match lyrics to whatever music you produced uh, or vice versa. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think you're amazing. Uh, the, the, the lyrics are deep and I like lyric. Now, I do like strong hooks and I do like bouncy music, so don't get me wrong, but I'm drawn to, like you, uh, female artists for some reason. I've been that way since I've been a kid now. I do. I won't say that I exclusively listen to females, but probably 90% of my playlist is female. Um, and I am quite fond of a particular Kiwi. Uh, you can see her behind me. So I, I, oh, do. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I am quite fond of gin. So, uh, but yeah, I listen to all kinds of, uh, of female artists, but I love lyrics. And, you know, I want to dig into lyrics all the time. Mm. Uh, and there was another song that you had called Goat. And I'm I'm sorry if I'm hammering lyrics a lot, but I, I just love these. Oh, I love um, lyrics. Let's talk about them. I, I do too. Them. So Goat, the lyric, and I put a note here, lyrically excellent. I'll be the first to say I'm sorry, even when it's not my fault. And I put strong opening. That Can you talk about that song a little bit? What it what went into making that? I'm always interested in these these awesome, you know, lyrics and stories behind these things. Yeah, I mean, that one actually is one of the few songs, one of those magical ones that just came, and I wrote it in 20 minutes, probably. Wow. So um, that one's just very honest. Yeah. It felt some, that some, way. Yeah, some songs, you know, you're trying to find a new way to say something so it feels fresh and, like, exciting. Um, but other songs, you just want to say what you mean. And I think yeah. that one's you know it's about yeah, <laughs> what it's about yeah well I, I mean you know i could go on and on and i'm not going to bore the audience with me just yammering about lyrics for uh, for however long we're on but uh, I, i'm always excited about good lyrics it i just am it's the way i've always been um now it did say you toured the united states um in uh, two was it 2019? Is that when yeah. you had your last tour here? Well, tell me about the tour experience. I do like to ask musicians about that. Uh, how do you like touring? What's the difference between touring here in the U.S. and in in New Zealand or in Europe and other parts of the world? Um, do you have any interesting stories from a from a tour? Oh, I mean, I love touring in America. I just think it's such an epic country. Like, we were lucky enough to travel do a big loop around the country. So we really got to see the full spectrum of the environments, like the Rocky Mountains, the oh, Red wow. Forest, the um, Joshua Tree, for, like the, the desert with the flowers in bloom. So right. I just was, yeah, blown away by the landscapes. And everyone's so friendly, which I really loved. Um, I think for us, um, you know, we, we didn't really expect to go over there to make money it was more of a, a way of um playing to the people who've been listening to us for a long time so we had some you know fans who have been listening for like probably like eight years or something like right from the beginning um right onto the shows um and that was super special um to see see those meet those people you know in person um yeah i'm trying to think if there's any um i mean we played south by southwest which was quite an experience um yeah, just being in a festival that's that big and crazy. Well, yeah. you, 
you've definitely gained a new fan in me for sure. And if you ever come back to this side of the world, I will definitely go see you uh, because I think you guys are, are awesome. Um, it does say that you, uh, okay, opening acts for Lord. What tour was that? I'm kind of curious about that. Ah, uh, that was one of her New Zealand tours. Um, I just actually went and saw her again on her most recent tour, and she, yeah, she's put together such a good show. Like she, she nailed the harmonies on this latest album and tour, um, which I loved. Um, and she's also a, a lyricist who really thinks right. about her words. I think. Um, but yeah, we played with her in Christchurch in New Zealand. Um, which is really nice because we'd actually just that was off the back of a European tour, so we just got back and then got to play. So you were her. still you're still fresh, yeah. yeah you're still was, in tour mode. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it was quite a nice way to kind of end the tour, and um, yeah, it was just really special to be asked by her, really. So yeah. Well, that yeah, that's that's pretty cool. My my daughter, ironically, her name is Brooke as well, spelled the oh, same okay. way. So she. Um, she kind of turned me on to Lord years ago. So uh, Lord's a great artist too. Uh, and she's lyrically strong, like I wrote here, uh, as, as, you, as you are. Um, what are some of the um, obstacles you've had coming up as a musician? What are some of the things you've had to overcome um, to, to get to where you are? I'm always interested in the struggle a little bit. Uh, what are some yeah. of the, the boundaries you had to break through? I mean, being a musician is definitely a struggle um but i enjoy it like i think you have to have this level of determination and also like uh, resilience i think resilience is probably the most important one of the important things like outside of being a creative person um because there's so many um opportunities and setbacks and um different things and making money is uh definitely a challenge um especially when you're living in a small country that's quite far away from everywhere else so to get to right. america is an extremely expensive endeavor so or even to europe so um yeah we have to be kind of creative in how we sustain ourselves as musicians um but yeah one of the good things in new zealand is we have this amazing music community everyone kind of knows each other and helps each other out and we all talk about, you know, how things are going and what's hard and all of that. So I think that's like a big lifeline for a lot of us is just having a really supportive music community here. Um, but yeah, I think the challenges are probably similar for everyone. Like the media landscape is shrinking and harder to, and, and there's so much music and so actually um making your music accessible and um making people aware of your music is probably one of the struggles like how do people find out about the music you create that's that can be a challenge i think um yeah well that's definitely a challenge as a small town author uh, yeah. i i'm, I'm self-published so uh, i'm not backed by a big publisher or anything like that i do have a a pretty good local fan base but i kind of you know, or reader base. I won't call them fans or readers. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of get where you're coming from a little bit in that aspect. And from my perspective, I'm 54 years old. So I've seen the difference 
the way musicians make money, like transitioning from the 80s and 90s into the 2000s and the internet age, yeah. uh, seems to me, and you can correct me if I'm misstating anything, but it seems to me it was a little easier back in the 80s and 90s when they were selling physical media and they had product that they could put out there and then, you know, they could support their to the, the albums with a tour. But now everything's digital, Spotify, download. Um, I'm not sure how you guys make money <laughs> other than touring, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, for us, touring isn't necessarily the way we make money either because we're not a band who go out and drink lots of alcohol too. Right. So, um, which is, you know, kind of key to that that the touring industry for that to really work, I think. Because um, we're, yeah, it's it's just a different experience. And the cost of touring is really high for a five-piece band from New Zealand going anywhere. Yeah. So, um, our biggest thing has actually been like publishing. So getting songs and film and TV has been really helpful. Um, yeah. And streaming hasn't been so bad for us, but it's... Um, very much out of our control as to how well that goes as well because playlisting is a huge part of part of that um, yeah yeah and now i've forgotten what your question was but yeah. well it was it was me really making more of a statement of way uh, from my perspective of how uh touring musicians oh, and musicians yeah. in general have changed the way they yeah. Yeah. yeah i i don't know i mean I don't really know what it was like in the 90s, but I feel like there would have been less musicians touring and doing stuff, and therefore there was more market for each of them, whereas now everyone could do what they like. Right. You know, recording is so accessible, um, so maybe it's just harder to kind of cut through. Um, yeah, but for sure it can be hard to make money through selling things, but... We, on our US tour, we sold tea towels. I don't know. I think you call them dish towels or dish cloths or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We call them tea towels over here. And um, they were really popular. So I feel like um, you almost have to be more than just a musician. You're like a clothing label or something else as well. You're selling some other kind of merch. Well, that, um, no, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Even in my little small niche, uh, you know, I have T-shirts available with my Valley Boy Publications logo. Yeah, you got to have the extra stuff. Like today, I had hand delivered uh, three T-shirts and a book. One lady didn't even want a book. She wanted, she just wanted the T-shirt. So you, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't want the book. I want the T-shirt. And I was like, okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you, you know what it's like. Um, but yeah, we just have to do all these different things. Like you have a podcast. Um, I actually teach at a university and I get to just teach music to. Oh, that's um, awesome. Young, excited people for like, um, 20 hours a week or something which you know is perfect really for me because i get really inspired by them so we yeah we have day jobs i think that's the other thing we do or we produce for other people or so it's never just the band it's like the band my solo right. project me playing in another band as a session musician you know me teaching at a university these are all the things i do they're all in the music world but they're um they all feed into each other but it's not not just one thing yeah right well you did talk about uh and i'm going to segue into this and i'm maybe losing a little of the connection here and if so i'll pause it and we can restart awesome. but um i am going to segue into you did mention you do had had some music in television movies uh, and i did make a couple of notes here 
So how did you get music in the Vampire Diaries and uh, Never Have I Ever? Uh, that sounded pretty interesting to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't have too much to do with it. We just uh, luckily um, had a great publisher um, who uh, started out in New Zealand as Native Tongue. Then they moved to Australia and then now they're um, called Concord. So they've joined up with another larger publisher. Um, but yeah, they they pitch songs from artists to playlists, uh, not to playlists, to like film and TV people. Um, and yeah, we've just so happened to um, get some placements a couple of times in Vampire Diaries and uh, yeah, a few other places. We've been in uh, at least two different vampire related um, TV shows, which I think is pretty cool. We <laughs> um, <you> must have <laughs> the right sounds. Cool. Yeah. So. so being a horror author, I, I, that, I, that is cool to me. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess um, it's haunting or something. So uh, just suits. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to jump around again. Uh, there was something else I noticed today when I watched. Uh, and your latest album that I know of is The Overflow. Is that correct? Have you had yeah, anything else since then? No. Okay. Well, that was released in 2021. So you guys, I downloaded it. Like I said, I, I'm an old guy, so I downloaded it off iTunes. But uh, go get you guys go check it out. It's called uh, The Overflow. Came out 2021. If you want to be an old guy like me and download it, you can do that. Or uh, they actually have, uh, I believe, you have the vinyl and some physical merch available on your website. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, so you can go there and, and buy it, which I plan on doing in the near future. Uh, but anyway, I'm saying all that to say this: I watched the Overflow video today. And one thing stuck out to me, and I'm sure there was some sort of symbolism there, but what was the significance of all the yellow in the video? Why was that the primary color? Yeah, I mean, we did, we made that video on a shoestring budget, but it was quite fun to make. It was basically symbolizing um, anxiety, the video, but sort of hope and, and anxiety. So the yellow was all the like brightness and the the joy and the hope and then there's all these precarious objects throughout the video like um a candle beneath a yeah. balloon and um things perched precari precariously on edges of tables and, yeah um yeah so i guess we just wanted to do this really optimistic video about anxiety and panic attacks um yeah yeah. Well, that's, that, that stuck out. That stuck out to me. I was like, "This is full of yellow. It's yellow and white. Those were the primary yeah. colors." It was really fun. I mean, I didn't have much time. I ran around Wellington City, and I, um, I just noticed all of these yellow things. I was like, "You know what? That really just suits how I feel about this song, which is that I have created this really optimistic take on something that." people find quite stressful so um yeah so i just went and found all these great items made okay nice vibrant space well that 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 answers my curiosity question so uh this is a question i ask most musicians um and i i certainly asked this of jen last year um living or dead what artist would you love to collaborate with um is there someone out there you would love to work with right now? Or is there someone in the past that maybe isn't with us anymore that you would have loved to have worked with, written a song with, played with? Uh, just, you know, 
I'm just curious about that. Oh, that's so, it's such a hard question. Yeah, that's what she said too. (laughs) I mean, there's so many people who I'd love to have met and written music with. That's so hard. Um, (laughs) I mean, my mind did go first to Leonard Cohen because he is such a great lyric writer um, and poet. I think I would go with someone like that. Or actually, I would like because I watched the Beatles documentary. If I could choose four people, I would just like to be in the room with the Beatles when they write because they're they're amazing how they write together. Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree. And I was re- speaking to a friend recently, um, you know, and he said, "I remember the day John Lennon died." I don't know if you were even born then. Uh, don't think so. Yeah, you. I was. I was here. <laughs> but it's one of those things. Everyone remembers where they were when John Lennon died, and the world lost such a great, mm. great uh, songwriter and musician. And what was robbed of us was what was coming. You know, yeah. we had we had what he created with 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 and without the Beatles, but yeah. he had so much left in him. So much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I found that documentary to be really inspiring. Just seeing, yeah, seeing the creativity that they all had at their fingertips and their like intuitive way of working together. Yeah. yeah. Well, how many of them are still surviving? It's um, it's just a uh, Paul, right? And uh, is he the only one? Is George Harrison? I can't remember. I don't know either. I'm not very up to play with. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't remember. Uh, that's that's just part of being old for me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, I see that you performed at SXSW. Uh, can you tell me about that? Yeah, um, South by Southwest. That was in 2019. Of course, it wasn't the best timing because then our plan was to come back to America in right. 2019. 20 but then New Zealand went into the lockdown and everything COVID, yep. you know, COVID and stuff so um yeah it was I guess just a way of sharing our music and we were hoping to get um you know maybe a booking agent or um just meet our we we got to meet our US label which was really cool um yeah so that's kind of what it was like. I, I saw some amazing other artists play whose names have escaped, escaped me now. Um, but it is such a fantastic festival. It's just like a melting pot of everything new, every musical genre you can think of that's happening now around the world. You can go there and just see something. Just see something before. different. Yeah. That's um, all. It's just super, it's a super cool experience. So. Yeah, I was, I was watching all my friends who went this year. Um, I was watching all their, like, Instagram stories and feeling right. a little bit like, oh, I wish I was over there. They were having the best time. So, yeah. Well, th- there's another note that just hit me over my head that uh, I didn't pick it up when I went through these notes earlier. And I should have because I'm a writer. You played in a castle for a fan's wedding? Oh, Yeah what's the story behind that you played in a freaking castle that's pretty awesome i mean that that was cool um well so it's a bit of a long story but 
the That's first all right, I got time. time. <laughs> the first, yeah, so the first time we went to Europe, um, John, who plays guitar in French for Rabbits, he loves surfing and he was like, I'll come on tour if I can go surfing. So um, we went on tour and then stayed for six weeks um, in Erisara in Portugal uh, at the surf, surf camp where we were like working uh, a little bit to, you know, so we could stay for free. Um, right. We met all sorts of amazing people, including um, a lovely man who ended up booking our shows in the UK. Um, but we also met this couple who were from Switzerland. Um, and then after we stayed there, we ended up playing a show at their house um, and went back to New Zealand. But they happened to do like cassette tape releases um, and decided to release one of our, some of our music on cassette. And then we were going back to Europe for another tour and they were like, oh, this lines up with our wedding. Um, and they asked if we could come and play. So we, um, in 2016, we went, um, went back over and um, had to, we actually popped a tire on the way to the wedding, which was quite um, disastrous in a way. So we had to carry all our instruments up this cobbled pathway. No spare, no spare tire? Um, it was just before the wedding. So we wouldn't have, we couldn't. We couldn't oh, okay. fix. I don't think there was a spare tire, okay. um, which is very confusing. But anyway, um, so we played in this little chapel first on top of this hill, and they had one of those people with the long horns where they play across the mountains in the you know the Alps to the cows. Oh wow! Um, so we played in this beautiful little chapel, and then went back and stayed in this sort of castle. Um, where they had dinner and we played music around the dinner table and then they let off like little um, balloon, like candle balloon things at night time. It was just all very surreal and beautiful and um, they're wonderful people. So um, yeah, it was a, lovely to be able to play for them, but also um, to experience this, you know, Swiss wedding was quite um, surreal as well. Yeah, that sounds amazing to me to actually play in a castle. You know, when I, when I think of castles, I'm thinking of the old, uh, like, Transylvania and the yeah. vampires and that kind of totally. thing. I mean, it had, like, <laughs> the stone walls and, yeah, candles. And it was just, it was very nice. It was, it was quite quite a cool experience. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll bet it was. I'd love to visit a castle one day. That sounds pretty fun. So, Brooke, what are you working on now? Is there anything you're working on now? Are you guys trying to put something together or are you kind of in chill mode right now? Um, I'm never really in chill mode. I find that quite difficult. Um, I've been working on lots of other people's projects at the moment, um, which is fun, like as a producer and also um, playing synthesizer in a band called Anthony Tonnen, um, who's another great um, New Zealand like, lyricist and writer. And what what was the name of that band again? Anthony Tonnen. He's a um, singer from Whanganui. Um, yeah, so I've been doing that, but I've also kind of got a collection of solo songs, which I some of which I wrote in America on that same trip I wrote with Mark. Um, and yeah, we're also working on a few songs for a um, 
tour with a string quartet, which is happening in September with the band. So I'm very excited about that, um, but also quite apprehensive because I need to write lots of string parts and I'm trying to finish some new songs for it, which I, yeah, I'm working on, but they're very intricate. I've got, I got really inspired again by Joanne, Joanna Newsom recently. And okay. I think from watching that Beatles documentary, like very inspired by the, I think I, and Madison Cunningham, like I've, I think I'm, I've been getting bored with like, um, everything that's in the same key and I've got really excited about key changes and chord change, like just moving in and out of keys and getting it more into more complexity, I guess. So, um, yeah, I think whatever the next thing is, is going to be a little bit more complicated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, I mean, that's good. That's good. You're, you're stretching out and you're kind of, uh, broadening your horizons a little bit, but, uh, from what I've heard, uh, to me, lyrics can be complex and simple at the same time. Mm. Um, and it's just the way you put them together. I just wish I could be in your brain just for a few minutes to see how it, how it, how it clicks because the words you put together, um, are they are art and and you know i'm not just blowing smoke if i didn't like the music i wouldn't even be talking about it but it's oh. amazing <laughs> yeah no I, I just love lyric writing and i love i think for me i'm trying to um i guess sort of a feeling in my chest when it feels when i capture the emotion i'm trying to get to and if i don't get that kind of like humming feeling right not there. so um yeah i'm always kind of chasing that that feeling whatever that feeling is i don't know how to describe it so well yeah i i know what the i know what you're talking about because um as a writer sometimes when i'm at especially at the end of the book like of my first draft when i get to the the last paragraph and i type the end i feel something just come over me and it's yeah. like it's a wave mm -hmm. and and it's a wave of emotion is what it is yeah, and yeah. Uh, most of the times it's it's a good wave. Uh, yeah. There's every once in a while it's a not so good wave, <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I kind of I kind of get how you feel, and that's exactly how I felt when I listened to the Outsider for the first time. So I don't know how many other people it affected that way. And like I said, I'm not necessarily an introvert, but that song, even though it's geared maybe toward toward the introvert, it still struck a chord in me because it made me look at someone from another perspective. Yeah, you know, think, you know, as well as being about perhaps being an introvert, and it is really about being an outsider. You know, it is about like what it is to see things from a different perspective, or um, you know, all of those. There's there's so many emotions that go into a, a song that, and I think that's the beauty of a song is you can kind of. And why I sometimes don't want to over-explain a song because this right. they're complicated tangles of feelings, um, so people can draw from it. Well, that's it. Truthful, you know. Yeah, that's the other thing though about about songwriting. Is for me especially is the listener can have their own interpretation and it can be what they need it to be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So sometimes I'm fearful if I explain perhaps one perspective. It's, it's, you know, it encompasses so many other perspectives as well. Like 
as a songwriter, often it's sort of a stream of consciousness thing as well. So um, little bits of stories from different places come together to create this whole, and it's um, it's just so much more multifaceted. Oh. say the word than, <laughs> than just what I can explain in a paragraph or no yeah. absolutely I, I agree a thousand percent because your perspective of the song you've written uh you're thinking of it in the way that you're thinking of it but that your listener whoever they may be um uh, they may have a completely different take and it's not wrong it fits their their yeah feelings. yeah but so, even for me like a, a song has many many meanings it's never one yeah one thing you know I think well yeah. you're very you're very good at it and um I am super impressed and I'm a French for rabbits fan now and I'm gonna shout it to the moon and tell everyone that I know about French for rabbits um because I I did something you know something similar happened to me with a gin song and I don't know how many gin songs you know of but uh she has a song out and if you haven't heard it go back and listen to it whenever you have time it's called nothing to no one Okay. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And I talked about that on the podcast and that's probably in my top two songs of all time because of the lyrics. Now it does, it does have a cool hook, but there's, there's certain lyrics in that song that just, they, they pound me in the chest every time I hear it. And I've told her that, and it's, it's a great song and I I don't even really want to share the lyrics with you. I want you to go listen to it. And yeah, maybe okay. on the side, t- tell me how you feel about it because yeah, yeah. it's a it's, it's a great I mean, song. She's amazing and got such a um, emotion emotion to her voice and power to how she sings, which is really really awesome. So she's actually signed to the same publisher as us. So oh, oh that's great. Lots of stuff on various films and things. Well, maybe you guys can work together. That would be awesome. Oh my gosh. I mean, that would be amazing. I'd love to one day. I know she's been over here on tour, so. She was just there, yeah. I don't know if she's wrapped up, but she was down to the last date. So she may have already done the last date, but yeah, it seemed like she was having sold out shows all over the place. I would have loved to come to New Zealand and saw a couple of shows, but I'm not in the position where I could do that. Uh, but yeah, every yeah. chance I get in the U.S. when she goes somewhere, I'll I'll take a flight across the country to go see her. <laughs> so oh, you're a great fan. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm probably too much of a fan. <laughs> but uh no. I told I told her she could read she could sing the dictionary and I'm gonna listen to it. So <laughs> oh. but yeah, but yeah, but anyway, I digress. I don't wanna get on a gin tangent. <laughs> oh man. All right, so you've talked about what you have coming up uh, and what you're working on now. Uh, where can folks find your music if they want to purchase music or download music? Uh, where can they find French for Rabbits? I guess the best place is just our website, which is, what is our website? It's French Frenchforrabbits.com. Dot com. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yep. Is it dot com or is it dot co dot But yeah, dot com. You know um, what? I'll um, check that out while we're sitting here, I'm but I think it's dot com. Yeah. And from there, you can go to like our band. And it is. Oh, good. Yeah. And uh, I feel like our YouTube is good as well because we've made lots of videos, um, which um, I love visuals as well as music. So, uh, Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to segue into that at at some point. Um, What is your what's your favorite video that you guys have made to date? And what do you like about making music videos? I love the stories. You know, I love the visual representations, but uh, 
what you know what's your take why do you like making music videos and what's your favorite that you've made uh i mean i love music videos because i'm a really visual person anyway and um i just feel like they it, it's in the same world like i've always worked with similar like i've had a few collaborators but people I've worked with for a long time. So I've always chosen to work with them because they have an aesthetic or a um, knowledge around something that I really admire. So Misma um, has made lots of our videos and Martin Sagadin, um, both really amazing New Zealand artists. Um, yeah, so I just, yeah, I just feel like they help tell the story in another way and I've got a couple of favorites. I think okay. The Outsider is for sure one of the ones where I feel I feel most proud of what we created. Like it was Now is that you in the video in the veil? It is covered most of the time. Yes, yeah, so I'm dressed as a ghost. Um most of the time, except I realized I'm not that great at a cyclist. And so for the bicycle scenes, it's actually Martin who directed the video um riding the bus <laughs> they're a much better cyclist than me um also martin is much taller than me but they um yeah <laughs> you can, you couldn't tell under the sheet yeah sitting on a bike yeah it's fine yeah so it's quite funny that we're both in the video it's the same it's the same ghost um but yeah i just feel like we really i think the shots are really beautiful the cinematography works really well like in the street and, um yeah so that one was really cool um and i think one of our earliest ones which was actually for goat so the two songs you mentioned i love i love that video as well we went out to this quite remote area um and filmed there tied all these ribbons in this tree on this farm and the farmer allowed us to do it so long as we took down all of the ribbons after we um after, after you filmed. finished yeah so that one's quite a mystical, a mystical journey through a New Zealand landscape. So if anyone wants to see some New Zealand landscape, that that's a good one to watch. So they can find your YouTube channel, French for Rabbits, and uh, all of their videos are available there to watch. And what? And I've, I've I think I've, maybe I've watched all of them. I don't know if I've seen every single one of them, but I went on a French for Rabbits uh, <laughs> video uh, extravaganza over the last you know, a couple of weeks because I knew I was going to be talking to you and goat is one that did stick out in my head. And that's, uh, you know, uh, the one I said was lyrically excellent. That those were my words oh, uh, yeah. when I watched it. Yeah. And no, I love, I like that one. There's also a live one of three songs from the new album, which I really like as well, which I, oh, I did. I, yeah. I saw that. Uh, where was that filmed it, the outsider oh. opened it? Yeah. So that was filmed. Um, at the Vogelmorn Bowling Club, which is just okay, down the yeah. road from my house. And it's just this very quintessentially New Zealand old kind of hall space um, with like a little bar down the end. And Yeah, that was a cool video too. I watched that last week. Yeah, and you guys played three songs and I remember you opened with The Outsider. I can't yeah. remember what the other two were off the top of my head. We played Money or the Bag, which is That's one right. of my personal favorites. Um, which I also wrote in America, but um, it's actually um, inspired by a New Zealand TV show, like a really old school um, like game show, I guess, um, where people either could choose the money or the bag. 
Um, <laughs> the bag could be anything. It could have been like a new vacuum cleaner or, you know. Um, it's kind yeah, of like our let's make a deal back in the day. Yeah, so we had the guy probably. with the, yeah. So we you could either choose a prize guaranteed yeah. Yeah. or you could choose what's behind this curtain and it could be a bag of coal or it could be a new car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very similar. So it was like you can have $250 or the bag. Um, and <laughs> I realized after I wrote that one that people outside of New Zealand wouldn't potentially know that kind of phrase. Um, which is so, you know, something people in New Zealand would know because there's a TV show around for like 50 years. Um, so, yeah, kind of a funny one, but it really describes the dilemma of the song. Um, yeah, yeah it, you, you could make the US version, let's make a deal. People would remember that maybe, <laughs> maybe the older people. I don't think yeah. they have that show anymore. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it was gone by the time I was like, six or something but i just remember <laughs> as a child yeah and i have a couple of more songs that i'd like for you to talk about a little bit before we end the podcast yeah. um so i want you to talk about claim by the sea uh i love that song too it, that one kind of sticks in your head it, it, it's a little uh what is it what's the word i'm looking for uh, an earworm that one's kind of an earworm for me i love that song uh what went into making Claim by the Sea? Well, that was that was literally the first song I wrote for French for Rabbits. Um, and I remember writing it, I was sitting on my bed in New Brighton in a house which is now knocked down because of the earthquakes. Um, and yeah, kind of wrote it not really knowing exactly what it was about because sometimes songs come to you without that you don't really know what you're yet talking about when you're writing them. Right. Um, but yeah, it became clear. Um, you know, it is about climate change. And I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about these areas near Christchurch where there's these lovely old batches, uh, which is like a holiday home. I think that's what you right. call them. Yeah, but little, cute little ones um, right. along the waterfront. And some of them were getting washed away by the sea and, um, I just, yeah, found that a really kind of interesting concept and the idea of um, the lyric is claimed by the sea and it's always going to be claimed by the sea. Yeah. Um, which is this like rotating um, sentence. Um, and yeah, I like and that's what gets stuck. Yeah. yeah, and it's it reminds me of the tide, you know, it goes in and out. And so that sentence functions in the way the tide functions. And, and oh, I'd never thought of it that way. Ah, oh, nice. I, yeah, so I re I think that's the really um, the line kind of speaks to the the image. Yeah, wow. Okay, you made me think of it a different way. That's pretty cool. Um, and the other song that stuck out, I had a list of five or six that really stuck out that I did want to ask you about. So this is probably the last one that I'm going to ask you about. Nothing in my hands. How did that generate? That's that's another one that stuck out to me. Yeah, that's my favorite one to play with the band. It's really fun to play. Um, I mean, what is that song about? It, it's, oh, I mean, it's quite grim. That, again, like I, I come back to climate change a lot, I think, right. in, in my writing. Like Claim by the Sea is the first song and, you know, this one's one near, like this is 10 years on and I'm still writing about, writing about it. Um, but that one started as like a demo I made on the computer with like, electronic instruments and then I brought it to the band 
Um, but yeah, it's very much about the end of the world and the nostalgia of like this moment we live in and like thinking of it as like a last dance at a, at a ball oh, or something, oh, 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 oh. you know? So um, yeah, that's what, it, that's what that one is about. It's quite depressing, but it's also beautiful. It is yeah. beautiful. It is a beautiful song. Um, wow, you, you've given me a couple of think, a couple of things to think about as an author. Uh, I may need your permission to use that witch's face in a piano. Uh, oh, there yeah, may be a totally. there may be a story there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was definitely like a, a moment as a child. I was like, you know, if it was a dark day and the piano was closed, I'd be like, oh, there's, there's the witch on the piano, and then I'd quickly run in and open up the the thing it's really cool um but also creepy um well yes, I, may my wit. I, I may write a short story around that concept um i don't know you know i'll i'll look at it maybe it'll turn into a full novel but i do write short stories for a weekly uh podcast i don't oh, write them every week um there's a bunch of authors that do but it's called weekly spooky if oh, you're interested you can go check it out i love uh, i love podcast stories well, Weekly Spooky is one that's produced by my good friend. He's a movie director and producer and podcast host and all kinds of stuff. He does all kinds of things. His name is Henrik, Henrik Kuto. And if you just go to weeklyspooky.com, you can find links there. Uh, but yeah, it, awesome. that that may be a good candidate for a short story. And oh, if I really you know, get into it, it, yeah, if I really get into it, it may turn into a novel. You know, sometimes that. I really love that idea. I, I'm glad I talked to you. That's awesome. That <laughs> you made my face just ah. <laughs> it's amazing. All right. Well, uh, is there anything else you want to uh, put out there? We put out your website so people know where they can find Fridge for Rabbit. So I'm going to put all the links below. So guys, go listen to Brooke Singer and her amazing group, French for Rabbits. They are. There's something to hear for sure. And I'm glad that that Mark pointed me in your direction because, um, yeah, you got a, you got another fan uh, for as long as you're making music. I'll be a fan. So I'll, I'll check oh. out what you what you got when it comes out. And I'll definitely go back and I'm a vinyl collector, so I'll probably mm. pick up some of your vinyl if it's available still. So I'll, I'll yeah, bring oh, some of that so. home. But, yeah, well, uh, we've, got, we've still got a few. We've got some pink ones that are like clear with pink swirls oh yeah i think yeah. i like that let me check that out i'll uh yeah. i'll i'll pick that up after the show but uh yeah i'm i want to leave you with the last word uh if there's anything else you want to tell the audience uh you know anything you want to share uh in closing i will be quiet i tend to ramble oh i mean thank you so much for having me it's always fun to talk about lyrics and music because i'm just a total nerd when it comes to that stuff it's my favorite thing so thanks for the opportunity and um yeah I, I hope people um enjoy our music if they hear it and yeah i hope they enjoy um this first episode that we've we've done together yeah so. i think yeah i think we did a great job we, we did a good job together so i thought that was awesome uh you're a great guest i appreciate you coming on brooke singer's the first guest on backstage 421 uh, I'm Charles Campbell. You can find me at uh, valleyboypublications.com. All my links are there. Uh, started a brand new Facebook page for Backstage 421. So you can uh, like us there. Started a new YouTube channel for Backstage 421. You can find my horror podcast at Horror 421, the podcast. And uh, yeah, that's all I got out there. And uh, Brooke, thank you. Oh my goodness. 
Look at the. Is it a boy or a girl? This is Heidi, my puppy. She's come to say hi. Heidi, I'm going to show you my beagle after we hang up. I've got oh, my beagle. Yeah. He's he's sitting right over here in the bed, uh, but I'll grab him in just a second. But anyway, thank you guys uh, for listening to the first episode, and we'll see you again on the next episode of Backstage 421, the Musicians Only Podcast. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Backstage 421, the Musicians Only Podcast. Be sure to tune in for the next episode. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Listener support links can be found below. Thank you for your support.